Hi, I'm Azure Ashby, CPA and creator of the Love Then Money Institute. Each week, I will bring you inside the life of a real couple and their relationship with money in order to help you and your partner master your own relationship with money. We can no longer rely on the taboo of money to justify our avoidance. And we can no longer change the topic when things get real. I believe it's time we take our financial future by the reins and take control of the money conversation. And we do that by actually having the conversation. So get ready to listen, relate, and be inspired to achieve your financial dreams together. Because you know what they say, first comes love, then comes money. So let's do this. We move so much throughout the day. We're interacting in all kinds of different spaces and with all kinds of different people. It can be hard to keep up with everything you have going on. Sometimes you try so hard to focus on all the action that's going on around you that you forget to check in with yourself. You forget to check in on how you're doing. You don't really think about it. You push it to the side. And for a while, this can work. You can go on about your daily routines without a hitch. But after a while, if you keep neglecting to check in on yourself, it catches up to you. You'll have to face the music and think about what steps you're taking. And the only way to move forward is to first have a solid understanding of who you are and where you are. For Caitlin and Jenny, this begins with looking at their money personalities and habits and the needs they fulfill. It can be a bit hard to categorize yourself, but they approached it with dedication. Caitlin and Jenny's individual answers are all ready to go for our session. Caitlin reads her answers first. So for my top two needs, I found that my needs are growth and certainty and that my primary money personalities are that I'm a security seeker and a risk taker, which sounds kind of contradictory, but it's not as we've explored in our discussion last time. And then it asks, how do I see my money personalities meeting my needs? And I said, I'm not sure I understood totally the human need part. And we did talk about that. I chose certainty as my second need because I always want to make sure I'm going to be able to handle like the needs and have bills paid and have a home and all that kind of stuff. I think that my personalities serve me because in business, it's worked really well for us to save a lot and make sure that all of the certainties are handled and then be prepared with that sort of safety and security to take risks. And the saving makes that risk taking possible that like security seeking makes the risk taking possible. And it's kind of the same, like in our personal lives, like if we didn't have the security of our house and some savings, we wouldn't be able to take risks or vacations or answer the door when opportunity knocks. The next one was, are your primary personality and top human need where you want them to be? And you, and if not, what would you change? I feel good about it. I like, like, that's what feels natural and good to me. It's like serves my personality to like, to take care of those things, to be able to feel safe, but also start new projects. I know about myself now from some other personality tests that a big driver and inspiration in my life is to be able to work on new projects and taking risks is kind of part of that. And then I said here in my answer that I bet Jenny wishes that love and connection were 
<laughs> higher on my needs list, but it's just not one of my top two. Is that a fair assessment, Jenny? Yep. <laughs> cool. The next part was asking you to talk about Jenny's top two needs and how you see money personalities and how you see those meeting her needs. Yeah. So Jenny's needs are love and connection and significance. And she's a flyer and a spender. She doesn't like to think about money. And it's good. I think that's a good thing for her because she worries a lot about a lot of different things. And at least there's like this one thing that she likes to not worry about and doesn't have to worry about. And for my part, I wonder like, what can I do to take care of those needs and handle stuff and be the future planner so that she continues to feel okay about not worrying or having to think about that. And, and that's a good fit because that is my nature. I like doing that. I'm not comfortable with a super uncertain future. It's important to me to like think and plan. I don't want to be a burden on people and I don't want to be working when I'm 80 like my mom's parents. So I feel like good about that. I can take care of that for her. Good stuff. And I think we read the primary financial goal, but just in case. I don't think we, we read. We anything, didn't read anything, but we talked about everything. Okay. So let's go ahead and read the primary financial goal. So, and I asked you to ask yourself why like five times to try to drill down all the way to the core reason you want that thing. So let's go through that. Okay. My primary financial goal right now is to work it out so that we have enough passive income from rental properties and whatever else that we wouldn't have to worry if the business failed. Like right now, obviously, our main income is the business. So eventually setting ourselves up so that there's enough else going on that if that totally tanked, like we could at least cover our greens and oranges, right? Our greens and yellows. I want that for peace of mind to know that if the economy tanked or something went really wrong, that we wouldn't have to go back to getting shitty jobs. And I want that because working for other people can be volatile, like it's not secure, like to go back to the security seeking, like you could, they can just, their business could close or they could fire you or whatever can happen anytime. And also it can be unpleasant. And I want freedom from working for others because I value the freedom of working for myself and freedom of time and freedom of expression. I want that because I want to spend more time doing the things I love with people I love. And I want that because I think everyone deserves that to be happy and to be free. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you. Okay, Jenny. All right. I'll go through the top part quickly since I've been covered a little bit. I chose as my primary human need, love and connection, and secondarily, significance, although I could have gone other ways. For my money personalities, I chose flyer spender. I'm sure about the flyer. I'm a little less sure about the spender, but it's close enough. And then I'll just read from this next section, which is how I see my money personalities meeting my needs, etc. There's nothing less fun or sexy than having to worry about money, so I guess that's why I'm a flyer. I want money, but I don't want to have to think about it or talk about it much. It's not that I can't be strategic or budget or plan, but mostly I would rather not. I enjoy money when I have it, and as for the future, rather than plan or save, I've traditionally just hoped for the best. I care about my main relationship and other relationships, and I care about doing fun, cool things. I also do care about security in that... Not having money means your choices are fewer and crappier, and I want to have good choices. That being said, I don't really like to plan out my future or think ahead very much. So I guess uncertainty is also important to me to maintain in some regard. 
I don't have a vision of retirement or anything like that. I kind of enjoy the not knowing. Is my primary money personality and my top human need where I want them to be? Well, not worrying about money allows me to focus my energies and attentions elsewhere. I am lucky that my partner does not mind and enjoys the money dealings more than I do. Does that answer that? I think so. I mean, I think we've talked about your content in not having to worry about it and stuff like that. And so I think in that way, it seems like you're content in how things are at this moment. Yeah. Okay. Let's see if you can come to a place of understanding about your partner. I put that I think Caitlin's a saver and a risk taker, that I think her needs are growth and security. So I was pretty close on those. Yes. As far as money goes, that works for me. I can support this by trusting her and allowing her freedom to gamble. I don't want to step completely out of the picture because I do feel like sometimes my skills might be useful, which are noticing potential pitfalls. So while I don't want to like be a wing clipper, like put the brakes on Caitlin's excitement and momentum, I also want her to value my input as potentially useful, which is kind of, you can say it negatively as worrying, but there's some value in in thinking about what might go wrong. I said, and even though I'm more of a spender and she's more of a saver, traditionally, I don't think I really spend a ton of money. I, I pay attention as much as I need to. <laughs> Perfect. So the less, the better. My primary financial goal. My primary financial goal right now is maintaining what we're doing or making more money, I guess. I mean, that's pretty short-sighted, but it says right now. So why do I want this? So that we'll have more options. I want more options because those options might include supporting other people besides ourselves or supporting new projects for us. I want this because life is fun and I want Caitlin and I and my family to get to enjoy life to the fullest. I want this because I love these people and I want this because I want to see all of my family happy and free. Perfect. Yeah. So, I mean, I think even though the goal seems short-sighted or whatever it is, like, the reasons why are definitely more deep and more long-term. So that's part of the value of doing the exercise of like trying to dig into why. The couple had a harder time seeing themselves related to Tony Robbins' six basic needs. And again, I don't go into explaining what those are here on the podcast because I think you can do a YouTube search and Tony Robbins explains it really well himself. Sometimes it's hard to figure out what your primary needs are. Sometimes it's hard to really categorize ourselves or to put them in a hierarchy because you feel like they're all important and they're all applicable. And in some ways they are. The Tony Robbins six basic needs were both kind of a little like wishy-washy on those. They don't seem to be like totally nailing us. Like I'm obviously gross and, but then I'm like, but then it seems really weird, but we both feel like we're both certainty and uncertainty. Which is, which is, I mean, so everybody like has to fulfill all six human needs. It's just kind of like, how do you rank them basically? So I kind of wrote that down of like, I think both of you are comfortable with uncertainty. It's just a matter of how primary is it in your life? Do you know what I mean? Like, so which one do you value more? And so we're just looking to find like the, the two that you value the most. We all need to fulfill all of the needs. So it's not that feeling that certainty and uncertainty are important are in conflict. Like if they were your top two, like certainty and uncertainty, I feel like you would feel a lot of conflict. But I think that being comfortable with uncertainty and some of like 
So Jenny, some of your answers made me feel like maybe you were a little bit more on the uncertainty. I think your your top two were love and connection and significance. And I wanted to like dig into the significance part of that because I was wondering if maybe that significance is part of love and connection and why you why you chose significance. So do we want to do you want to just go ahead and talk about that now? Uh, sure. I don't really know why I picked it. I kind of I don't I don't really like this exercise very much. I'm not sure what I'm resistant to ranking these things for whatever reason. <laughs> love and connection is kind of obvious, I guess. It's usually been the most important thing that's moved me forward in my life. It's like motivating to me. You know, I like to be appreciated and noticed for what I do. And I also like to do things that I don't know how to answer this. So, yeah, like I was thinking, I mean, is it is the significance, the things that you like to do to feel significance, is that so that you receive love and connection? Probably. Yeah. Like, I don't just want to like journal. I want to publish. You know what I mean? That's what I want out there. <laughs> right, right, right. Got it. Yeah. So that's, that's motivating somewhat. But all these other ones are important too. I totally get that. I mean, and I think, you know, they are all important. And so I get why you're struggling to like kind of rank them and especially like probably where you guys are in your life and stuff like that. Like it's a lot of the needs are being met. So sometimes when like your needs are being met, like it's, it's hard to kind of like pick out like what's the the top because you feel like you're not like driven in one specific area because you're kind of getting those needs met. The reason I have you do the exercise is because I think it, I think it says a lot about like, I'm trying to kind of unpack why, why your your like the general your relationship with money is the way it is. And so, you know, if you can see it as like fulfilling a need. So I don't know if I did I give you the example of myself last time, like where like when I, I like to, I don't know, buy presents for people and I take a lot of time and effort and and I'm doing that because, you know, I I want to feel that loving connection back. And so, and then, or if I do retail therapy because I'm like sad and I'm feeling a lack of loving connection that I know, okay, here's what this really is. And do I want to continue to try to fulfill that need in this way? So the point is to kind of try to like, just peel another layer off of like why you have the relationship with money that you do. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So Jenny, your love and connection and significance, and then your two money personalities are flyer and spender. And so I think your description of yourself was good. And, oh, I need to ask you a question first, I guess. Like, so when you spend money, what do you typically spend on? So I know you're not like a huge spender, but like if you, if you had to like say generally, what you end up spending on, what are those things? Shoes and electronics. Is it? Mostly groceries. (laughs) Okay. I like to like do the grocery shopping. I like to go get the stuff we need for the house. You know, I kind of just like sort of hunter gathering all the stuff. If it's like something fun for me, you know, like some toys or shoes a little bit, but I don't really do a ton of that. I mostly just like to like do the kind of maintenance shopping. And then like, I guess part of the spending too is like giving to charity and that kind of stuff as well, right? Yeah, I like to do that too. That's like a contribution thing. And I feel like I love grocery shopping and that kind of stuff. Well, one, because I can do it and not really worry about it, which hasn't always been the case, but it's kind of, 
I feel like that's kind of a love and connection kind of thing too, because it's stuff to bring home for my family. You know, I like to buy fun things too, mostly because I can, you know, Mm -hmm. and for change for the same reason everybody else does. So I think that the, in your case, like the loving connection and significance are kind of like intertwined from a standpoint of like, you just, I mean, I think it, it really is that loving connection piece of it. So, you know, something like grocery shopping makes you, you know, feel like you're doing something for your family that, I mean, and, and it's, I know this sounds super like I'm making it super basic and it's not this basic, but like it makes you do something that you will feel love and connection from, you know what I mean? And so it's fulfilling that need of, you know, just kind of fostering that love and connection with your family and doing something for them, which then in return gets you the love and connection that you desire. And like, and also like giving to the community is part contribution, but it's also like intertwined with you know, significance and love and connection as well. And, and so like, that's what I'm trying to kind of like unpack is, you know, see, being able to see, you know, okay. And I don't, I, neither of you have seemed to have like unhealthy things that you do with money. So like this, a lot of times is, you know, so much more effective when there's like an unhealthy behavior that you want to like try to fix. So for you guys, I think it's just good to kind of like, know it in the background, but also there's not, there's not necessarily a lot that you need to change as a result. So I just want you to kind of like know like why we kind of do the exercise. And then also like, because Jenny is a flyer, you know, I think a lot of times like Jenny kind of like sits back and like, you know, lets you Caitlin like take the reins and stuff. But one of the things that I, I, when I was thinking, when I was reading this is that, you know, and I think there's somewhere in there where Jenny is like, yeah, I'd just rather like, you know, hand it over and it's fine. And I know that she's doing it and she likes it. And so I think one of the things is that like, she rarely kind of like voices her opinion because she is a flyer. And so I think that part of understanding each other's like money personalities and like why you have those money personalities is knowing that, in this situation, like if Jenny does say something, there's like a reason behind it. Cause she, she, her norm is to just like, not, does that make sense? Like, am I making sense of what I'm saying? It makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, so I kind of like wrote down. So if she like kind of pipes up, it's because she has something that she feels is worth saying. And maybe it's worth listening to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's cool that you guys are both comfortable with uncertainty because some people like have zero comfort level with uncertainty. Like it's their last, like it makes them have like convulsions, you know? So the cool thing is about you guys is that you're both comfortable with it. And the way that like Caitlin's a saver and a risk taker. So she saves in order to be able to take risks. And then Jenny's a flyer and a spender, which means she's cool with Caitlin handling that part of it. And then she's not going to start freaking out because she's a spender still. She's not going to freak out when Caitlin takes the risk as long as she feels like she's on board. Right. So that's kind of how they work together and how they complement each other, even though they're completely different. And so like where you would see any sort of like strife would be when I think, you know, when one person is seems to be 
used to like being in charge or whatever of it. And then the other person, and I mean this with all due respect, I'm not trying to like stir up shit, but like, you know, when someone wants to like, who's not usually involved wants to say something, it feels like it could feel personal as opposed to just like trying to kind of like look out for whatever's happening. And so I think that that happens rarely, but also it's something to kind of like beware of. And, but in general, like, even though your money personalities are so different, I think that this is why you guys kind of work well together from that standpoint is because they complement each other in such a way that you're able to fulfill your goals and move forward. So I think that's, that's awesome. So Caitlin, your growth and certainty and then saver and risk taker. And so what I was saying is that, you know, the growth, you know, relates to risk taker and then certainty relates to saver. And I was reading where you said that you basically picked certainty because you just want to make sure that you can like pay the bills and not get kicked out of your house or whatever. So I think, you know, obviously, yes. And that's, so you basically prioritize saving in order to be able to take the risks and to make sure that from the most basic standpoint that you're covered and you have that certainty and you feel secure. So I think it's, it's definitely true that like savers your first and risk takers your second, because you're going to always save first to make sure before you take any sort of risks. So it's not like you're going to take risks that are going to put you in a bad position. So that's, certainty that you fulfill first allows you to kind of like take the risks and then both of your ability to accept and appreciate uncertainty also allows you to kind of like take those risks. And a lot of times if you have like saver and risk taker are kind of at conflict, but I think the way usually kind of in conflict because like people who are really big savers, like would have some sort of anxiety about taking risks because they'd be afraid to like lose that money. But since you guys have a healthy relationship with uncertainty, that's why it kind of works and you allow yourself to kind of go there when otherwise they'd usually be at conflict with each other. Yeah, I wasn't really sure if I was saver or a security seeker and then risk taker. Yeah, you might be more of a security seeker because, well, yeah, I mean, I think you might be more of a security seeker because the reason you're saving is for the security purposes. And so if you were a true saver, I think it would be way harder for you to take those risks and to spend chunks of money, like, you know what I mean? Like on things that would move the needle forward. So I think you lean more towards security seeker, but I think you probably felt like it might be saver just because there's times where that money just kind of like sits there and isn't being risked it's way more than you need to fill your security. But I think that the main reason that you save is to have that security. So yeah, I think you're kind of in between. But if I had to lean towards one, I would I would lean towards security seeker because I think that's the reason that you do it. Me too. And just looking over them again right now, that feels really true. And also the risks that I'm interested in taking with money particularly are with hopes that they will provide even more security in the future, like the risk reward kind of thing in, you know, in regards to security when we're older and stuff. Next time on Love Then Money, we will be diving into what is happening with 
Caitlin and Jenny's money now. So they're going to go through their bank accounts, analyze and see exactly where the money is going. And so it should be really interesting. I hope you stay tuned and I'll see you next week. If you like Love Then Money, do me a favor and tell a friend or five. I'm Azure Ashby. And until next time, I wish you both love and money. Take care. Thank you.